Hey, what's going on, Redskins X? It's your boy Rod. Been a long time since I've been on the pod. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, but we are back with Pod Fifty Three. Uh, so Phil, let's talk about probably one of the most famous Redskins Washington Football Team members to wear number fifty three. Talking about the great original Hog Jeff Bostic. Um, Bostic was a Clemson graduate. He had a, a brother, Joe, that actually came out a year before him uh, from Clemson. And he was a, a guard for uh, the St. Louis Cardinals for many years. So a lot of those interdivisional rivalry matchups we had with the Cardinals during the early and mid 80s, it was Bostic versus Bostic. They were just on, you know, different sides. of the, You know, they were on the same side of the ball. So they never actually faced each other directly. But they were playing against each other from uh, several years. Um, he did, he did make a pro bowl, um, was a bit undersized even for his time. Um, you know, by the time the late eighties rolled around, he was considered, you know, undersized at about 250, 255 pounds, but he was, you know, just a short stout fire hydrant of a, of a center, really intelligent. Um, and, and a, and a key member of the Hawks, even from the first, uh, iteration, with Jacoby, Stark, May, and Grimm into the later years when we had Lachey and Jacoby on the outside, and then you had guys like Mark Schlereth and Raleigh McKenzie at guard. One of the constants that was always there was, you know, Russ was, uh, I'm sorry, was uh, Jeff Bostic. I brought Russ Grimm because Grimm actually became his backup later in, in, uh, in his career. So Jeff Bostic, he's definitely, you know, one of those 70, 80 greatest Redskins of all time. He's been on those lists. He's in the ring of fame. Dude deserves it. Um, had a real steady, solid career. And, uh, you know, it's proof that you don't have to be the biggest dog, but if you got the most fight, you can be successful. And he was definitely a dude who could fight. No, absolutely. And, and ladies and gentlemen, Phil is the addict's Google machine. That was all off the top. Um, I literally asked him to give that rundown because I was too lazy to do it. Um, and that just coming off the top of his brain is pretty, pretty incredible. So, uh, yeah, Jeff Bostic is, is definitely a player that we all remember. If you're, you know, 30, 30 or older, you should definitely remember him. Um, definitely lots of good memories uh, with him being part of the Washington football team franchise. So without further ado, we'll jump forward and look at a, an article that came out roughly about 4.30-ish, 5.30 p.m. Eastern today on uh, NFL Network. But it talks about surprise cuts uh, for this upcoming season. And looking at overthecap.com, our two highest paid players on the roster, Alex Smith and Landon Collins. And we know Landon Collins went down with his injury last year. Cam Curl was the seventh round draft pick who really exceeded everyone's expectations. And both Alex and Landon carry a pretty darn hefty tag. So Alex's cap number is at $23 million, um, going into next season. If we cut him prior to June 1st, we'll have $8.6 million in dead money. Um, Landon Collins is carrying a $16 million cap number. If we cut him prior to June 1st, that's an $18.8 million cap penalty. Uh, post numbers for both of those folks, uh, post June 1st, Alex Smith will count $4.3 million towards dead money and $9.2 million from Landon Collins. So uh, both contributors 
last year. Alex, perhaps a little bit more so. Um, he's the winning record quarterback that we had on the roster. We can debate, you know, whether or not that was a soft part of schedule. Uh, but beyond that, Landon Collins, he's probably underperformed his contract expectations and the price that we pay that that man. So, um, gentlemen, do you guys see any pros or cons to actually cutting and or keeping either of these folks? And I'll start with you first, Ellie. I think he's 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 freezing up there for freezing a second. Up. Okay, hey, Ellie's so, having some so I'll, I'll I'll chime in here. For, so for for Landon, let's start with Landon. You don't you don't cut him, right? You don't eat that eighteen million in in cap space. Yeah, I just don't see it. This isn't like a Carson Wentz situation where it's toxic and they they you know give up thirty three million in dead cap to to send him to go somewhere else. Eighteen million, you keep him. You don't move him. People are talking about moving the linebacker. No, he's not going to relocate the linebacker. He's coming off a torn Achilles. The best you can do is try to trade him. I mean, even if you do it after June 1st, like you said, it's 13.8 million dead cap. Post post June 1st, uh, 9.2 million dead cap. It's, so it's a little bit better post June 1st, but I I just don't see, I, I think he's on the team next year. He just has to be. And then I think if, when you go into 2022, your Landon College situation gets a little bit uh, more friendlier when it comes to the cap. Well, not really. It's pretty much the same numbers as, 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 as this yep. year. So I think he just stays and plays. That's, that's what you have to do. And then, and, and if you get injuries again, then there's injury settlement and that's it for Alex. Yes. You, you cut him, but you have to cut him. Um, when, when you look at the, the cut dates for, for this year, the, you kind of already hit on it, but post June 1st, yeah. 5.4 million, it's the dead cap spread out over two years. Yeah. If he retires, it's all front loaded. So we're just eating that 10.8 this year, no choice. So your best bet is to cut him post June 1st. If you're if you're the Washington football team, nah, I, I agree, and I'm not sure what Phil's going to say, so I won't go into my bit first. But Phil, what what are you thinking with both of those players? Um, I'm with Steve on this one. I mean, with Alex, that's an easier decision. You need to move forward. Alex is not a guy you're going to move forward with. You know, I'm sure they've had this discussion with him. They have to have had some kind of discussion about look. You know, we're trying to move on. We're trying to move forward. We're trying to win now. We've seen how far we can go where we are at this point. But we need the money. You know, we want to open up the cap space. So I'm sure Alex, you know, while he stands to not make as much money if he's cut after June 1st, at the same time, he's still going to make buku bucks even if he doesn't play again. So... If he is that ultimate teammate, I imagine he's probably, you know, come to that agreement. Okay, cut me June 1st. If no one else picks me up, then I'll retire. Um, Landon's a different story. I mean, Landon, he hasn't performed to his contract, but he is, you know, a talented player. And, you know, you don't want to let talented players go and eat such a cap hit. So it's just a matter of, what can you do with Landon Collins to get the most out of him? And uh, that's something that the defensive coaches are really going to have to look at, you know, is, is Del Rio going to look at putting cam curl at free safety? Is that even an option? Because right now we're strong safety. We have a pretty uh, nice collection of talent, but free safety is kind of, you know, a, a bit of our weakness. And if cam curl has shown the ability to be, um, if Cam's shown the ability to be 
a rangy free safety who can read those, uh, uh, you know, who can who can read those routes coming at them and cut them off. That would definitely help, you know, especially against teams like Tampa Bay. You know, you saw where Tampa Bay was able to go deep on us because the free safety help just wasn't there on some of those some of those plays. So if we had somebody who can kind of be rangy over the middle, over that deep middle, I think that helps a lot. It frees up our linebackers to focus more on the tight ends, which they did a better job of as the season progressed. But you still want to have, you know, somebody in the secondary who can kind of freelance over the middle and uh, and, and play that. So if, if Cam Curl could be that guy, then, yeah, rock with Cam and, uh, and Landon Collins and see what happens. It's just that Cam's been so good close to the line of scrimmage that it's like, man, do you, you know, do you want to go with Landon or do you want to go with Cam? You got to take your pick. Yeah, no, it's it's uh it's very interesting because I'm trying to see who said it on Twitter earlier. So, some gentleman who follows me but can't find his name, but um, he was talking about what to do with Landon, and he's talking about the the potential of moving him to linebacker. Now he's he's small, he's very small for a linebacker, but I know we tried that experiment with Sewer Cravens a couple of years ago, um, before his mental, you know, uh, issues whatever kind of crept into play. Um, do, do you think that's a possibility? And, and Dev, I'll, I'll kind of kick it to you. So we're talking about Landon Collins and Alex Smith, the pros and cons of keeping them at their high salary. Um, but if you're trying to be creative, do you think there's a spot for Landon Collins on this Washington football team? Uh, looking at the success that Cam Curl had last year, do you think we can move Landon closer to the line of scrimmage in the hybrid role? Um, and if so, would you would you be willing to do it or would you kind of move beyond him? You know, you know, going back to what um, <clears throat> you said, Rod, a second ago, real quick before Dev chimes in, I, I just don't see how a guy would agree to go from a linebacker or safety to a linebacker. The pay is is much better as a safety, as a premier mm-hmm. safety, I believe. Why would you take a pay cut? But he's coming off an Achilles, so I, I don't know. If I was him, I wouldn't do it. He is only 218 pounds. That is small for a linebacker. But why couldn't you do this, though, is – it's, now you have two options for safeties to play in a box on a, on a pass play. So you could, you could run cam and you can run Landon on the field at the same time. And now you can take out one of our terrible linebackers to begin with, move them into the box. And then now you have options to bring in a free safety as well. So you could play both of them in, in many packages, it, you know, just my opinion. I'll, I'll let Dev, you know, give his, his opinion on it. I think I got in before the question, but I'm guessing we're talking about a uh, cam Sims and um uh... Cam Curl. No, no, Cam. Cam Cameron yeah. Curl and uh, Landon Collins. Yeah. I think they both play at the same time. Um, I mean, Cam Curl is a was a free safety, and he played in the slot in college. I think that he got put in the game in the box kind of a safety at first as a, as a necessity, not necessarily based on that's what they wanted him to do, and he ended up thriving in the role. And I think like, like a – like you were saying, Steve, that you could play them both in the box on sub packages and on base pack, which we're only in about 25% of the time anyways. Cam can definitely play free safety for 25% of the snaps. You know, and uh, and, and then you could put Landon back at strong and put them both in in sub packages and, and get you another free safety, whether that's going to be Everett or Reeves or whoever's back there or another corner or whatever they do with the other defensive back out there. And like you said, take the linebacker out of the equation on sub packages because Landon can hold it down at linebacker in a sub package. Yeah. And that's that. So I, I found the, the dude's uh, 
Twitter, but it's uh, it's John Taman for Bang Radio Hour. He actually makes some pretty hilarious uh, cartoons. So if you haven't checked him out before, shout out to him. Uh, you know, Twitter at Bang Radio Hour. But yeah, he he'd asked if uh, moving the land the Collins to linebacker would be a a viable option, and I I think that's something we have to consider. And maybe it's tied to a restructure as well. Um, so yeah, you're getting the salary of, of a safety right now, more lucrative contract, new regime. Ron didn't give you that contract. Would you be willing to restructure? And I asked that question because you look at New Orleans and Drew Brees is probably going to retire. They restructured. Um, he took like $1.4 million contract, something silly. Um, it makes me remember 2012 where we were penalized for restructuring uh, D. Hall and Hainsworth's contracts during an uncapped year. I know it's not the same thing. I see it as the same thing because I'm a, a biased Redskins fan who's still pissed off about that. Um, but maybe that's what Alex and Landon do. So I guess, I guess we shall see uh, what the future may hold for us. I don't think Alex is coming back. Yeah. He, he, I don't think so either, but he, he carries anyway. a very hefty, he carries a very hefty um, cap number, um, 23 million. You save money. He only counts 4 million, 4.3 million against the cap. If you cut him post uh, June 1st, if we cut him prior to that, which we should not do, it's it's it doubles that it's for 8.6 million so i think he he will move on but yeah a restructure would be great if, if we keep him that, that's awesome but i think he would be qb2 or three and then heineke perhaps fights for one i don't i don't know another that's another, a, another, another, pod, another discussion yeah absolutely absolutely so moving on um, hey Rod, real yeah, quick, Rod. Uh, there, there's two more things in context we have to look at though i think the goal is you find a way to put Landon, Cam, and the Shazer Everett on the field at the same time. That's what you need to strive to do. I don't care how you do it, but that's how you got to figure it out. But the context is look at the injuries that both of those guys sustained. So Landon was a Achilles. Sometimes when you tear one, you tear the other. Yeah. And then the Shazer was a torn peck. Sometimes when you tear one, you tear the other. So it's gonna be it's gonna be hairy. I hope they all have a full recovery, but there is a little bit of context when you're talking about safeties and then Troy Apke, you know, Hey, if he sees the field, he sees the field. If not, he doesn't, Dev, don't get mad, but <laughs> let me down, we'll man. Yeah. No, I just want to throw that context out there. Cause their injuries, the type of injury matters. No, it does. No, it definitely does. And it's maybe it's a good problem to have um, because the names that you just at least spit out, Steve are, are capable players. We've seen them perform at relatively high levels in this league and for this team. So um Ron and, and crew definitely has, uh, you know, the job in front of them, you know, a pretty, you know, extensive task to, to figure out, but I think they'll get it done. I'm very hopeful that they will. So the mock draft madness. So the Washington football team, ladies and gentlemen, they put forth an article today. I, I really like it and appreciate it. Um, they kind of consolidated a lot of first round mock drafts for the Washington football team. Um, and one of the familiar names that kept popping up um, was Kadarius Tony, wide receiver out of Florida. So wide receiver and quarterback seem to lead the charge at 19 in most mocks. Um, do you guys agree or disagree with that? And, and Dev, I'll, I'll kick it to you first. At 19, considering we don't move back or assuming we don't move forward or jump back, anything like that, um, is wide receiver a quarterback a position that you're going to fill or would you go somewhere else? What do you think? Uh, at 19? Um if you see a quarterback that you want and you want to use a 19th pick and a second to move and get up and get them, I say go quarterback. If not, 
Give me Michael Parsons, man. I think he's going to slide. Parsons is that linebacker from what, Penn State? Yeah, I and think he's going to slide. Uh, they're saying, they're talking like he's going to slide. But uh, I definitely would take a receiver. I I think, what's the other receiver that plays for Alabama? Not, uh, not the Heisman. Not the Heisman. Jalen Weddle? Jalen Yeah, I'd rather have him. Hell, trade up and go get uh, Lamar Chase. Jamar Chase, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamar L- Chase, LSU. yeah, right. But I'm I'm hoping for the middle linebacker out of Penn State, uh, that he'll slide. If not, trade up and get whatever you want, man. Those second round picks, man, they're like toilet paper at this point. Just don't <laughs> wipe your ass with them, throw them away. We use we don't use them at all. Yeah, like for, we said on Twitter, man, put them in a the coffin. We don't <laughs> use them. At Squad, all. put them in the coffin. That was that was funny. I remember that era. Of, I, th- I, I, of I almost think. <laughs> I almost think the Eagles got off cheap, man. If we get, we could have got, we could have got, uh, we could have got the Eagles quarterback for a second round pick, and I still would have been happy about it because it's a second round pick. Who cares? Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. We'll see what the Colts do. They, it's funny because someone shared, um, maybe it might have been Pro Football Focus, but they're looking at offensive lines um, for the Eagles and the Colts, and they're literally back to back. So, went struggled with. The 12th ranked offensive line, I think the Colts have like the 13th ranked. So interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll kind of go f- from there. But Steve, 19, uh, what are you doing with that pick, man? So I was a little troubled when this mock draft that the Washington football team tweeted out. It, it had a lot of obviously Kadarius Tony, but it also had a lot of Mac Jones. And I'm just not a fan of Mac Jones at 19. I watched, I'm not saying I studied his film tremendously, but I watched, you know, JT O'Sullivan's quarterback school comparison on him, some highlight reels. Of course, highlights are always going to see the good stuff, but I just don't see him at, I just don't see him at 19. I just don't, I don't see it. I see weak arm strength, can't move in the pocket. I just don't see him at 19. I see him as maybe someone comes in the bottom of the first round to get, you know, that fifth year tender on him. But I'd be very happy at wide receiver. I think wide receiver is a huge need. I think between the quarterbacks we have on the roster now, we could, we could just figure it out. I, I did see a couple uh, linebacker surprise linebacker calls uh, Jeremiah Wusu uh, Karamoa out of Notre I would Dame. Love him. He's a beast. I just don't think we should uh, spend the first pick on the defense when the balance of the team is, you know, if you're giving them numbers, I would say we're 70, 30, 80, the only reason I'll disagree with that is because I think receiver is going to be a lot easier position to fill through free agency. There's a lot of studs out there at receiver. Now, I mean, you might get lucky and get, uh, you know, Barrett or, or the other guy from uh, Barrett from a uh, Tampa Bay, who's a free agent or someone like that. You might get lucky, but I think if Parsons slides to 19, I don't think you can pass that up. I, I agree. I, if Parsons does slide, I would take Michael Parsons. His his right. role at Penn State, like that would totally shore up the middle. I would. I, would, I don't know if I would do it for anybody else. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd do it for anybody else. Only way I move up, though, is get a quarterback. I would wait and get a Weddle. I think Weddle and the other receiver you guys were talking about would be there at 19. I won't be mad at either one of those three choices, a quarterback, receiver, or a linebacker, to be honest. Right. I, I mean, personally, my wish list would be quarterback, receiver, offensive linemen that's my in that priority order i'm not even what, looking at defense what linemen are you looking to replace i mean there's the left tackle i mean if, if you have the opportunity to draft uh, penny sewell's not going to drop right. but if you have the opportunity to draft the other guy from uh, virginia tech uh, 
the name. I'm having a brain fart. Gave up no sacks and zero sacks in three years. I think you have to take that. So what are we doing with Jamal Charles? The, the you Charles mean, Sa- Sadiq Charles. Sadiq Charles. Yeah. I, I don't know. We haven't heard. We haven't heard a peep. I don't know. So I don't think West is coming off that left guard. Right. And we don't know Sheriff's uh, uh, position either. Is it possible they let Sheriff go and put West and Charles in there at guard? Oh Lord, okay. it could happen. I mean, it's yeah, it, 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 and. It, I think it all boils down to what they're going to do with quarterback. If they, if they address quarterback and free agency and it's a splash and not just a gap, um, that 38 million could fill up really quickly, i.e. one fucking signing. Um, so it's a, and that 38 million doesn't include a Brandon Sheriff's salary right now. So it, they definitely have the work uh, cut out for them, but uh, I, don't, I don't want to jump off topic too far, but uh, Phil, what, what are you doing at 19, man? You know, Kadarius Tony is is an interesting case. Um, it's funny because I kind of would like to see. This is this is where I would I would almost want um, um, Ellie's take because um, Tony is a bit of an he's more of an athlete. Um, he actually played some running back. He he ran running plays like the way. Uh, our man Gibson did, although not as much. I'm to see exactly how many. He had 66 carries in four years, uh, which is not a lot, but, you know, considering the fact he had 120 catches as well. I mean, you know, so you're talking about that he touched the ball more than half the time. He had almost over half as many touches rushing as he did receiving, uh, which really, and, and just kind of looking at his numbers and everything, I really feel like he may be, uh, one of those slot guys who can run that little jet sweep the way we all thought that Steven Sims Jr. was going to be. Um, you know, he's he's bigger than Sims. He's six foot, about 190, 195, uh, but he's not a big receiver. So I would still kind of look at him as a slot option. And in this league, your slot receiver has become a lot more important. So, you know, if you can have a guy that can play both slot and play on the outside, you know, it's definitely worth taking a look. He's definitely, uh, to me, you know, one of the safer picks you can make. Um, the kid from uh, Virginia Tech, which is uh, Christian Daresaw, you know, he's, he's a solidly built dude. Everything I've seen on him, he looks good. Um, I know we have Sadiq Charles, and we expected that he was going to be able to play, but Charles is also being looked at as potential guard. So – I know our guard stepped up by the end of the uh, season. So we don't know if we have a spot for Charles there or if we're going to look at him at tackle. But, you know, if you don't think Sadiq Charles can be a starter stepping on the field uh, week one, then you look at that guy as well. And uh, so I would definitely look at that. I mean, look, if Micah Parsons slides to 19, throw everything I said out the window because that's by far best player available at 19 because that kid's top 10 talent the other guys i named are guys who are projected to go in that in those teens so if you get a guy that talented like parsons and you can shore up linebacker you can put you look at a a, you know a base four three with cole holcomb kpl and micah parsons your front seven is 
stacked. Dangerous. <laughs> maybe, so maybe a healthy so Ruben Foster. And the two-man linebacker. Well, look at this way. You know, and we don't even know about Ruben Foster. And I'm not even going to talk about him until camp and we see whether or not he can play. But you got to look at it this way, too. You immediately improved that 4-2-5 that we ran a lot. You know, Steve talked about putting um, the Cesar Everett, Cam Curl, and Landon Collins on the field at the same time. Well, who are your two linebackers going to be? Well, if you got Cole Holcomb and Micah Parsons there, teams going to have a hard time running the ball on us, too, even in that nickel formation, because Parsons can make that much of an impact on the run game. He is that talented. And, and uh, I think that we kind of we got washed a little bit in the run game, got you know, with our line four two. KPL just was not a run defender. He is a guy who chases the outside. He gets swallowed up on the interior on those inside runs. So yeah, if Parsons slips, I'm grabbing him because you have to. That's he's here and everybody else is just a step below to me. That's I think a good a good question to ask Phil is it does drafting Parsons at 19 make up for what the offense could have done by drafting a quarterback, a wide receiver at 19. You know what I mean? Like, will his impact on defense make up for the loss of not, well, we're not drafting? drafting there's no means available at 19 that I don't have any desire to pick. Right. You know, Mac Jones. No, Mac Jones should not even go in the first round. Who? He will because quarterbacks get overrated. Mac, that just sounds like yeah. Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's for me, guys, like I look at the well, – you know what? Tony if someone Trump. else drafts him and he turns out to be a seven – look, look, if if Mac Jones gets drafted and he turns out to be a seven-time Pro Bowler and a future Hall of Famer, he can gladly step out. Hey, back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. He can say that. But <laughs> – not going to happen. So let's he's, go. He's definitely getting drafted in the first round. Well, he can get drafted by um, Kansas yeah, City and go back up Mahomes for the next 10 years. Hey, real the thing real. is, is that I, I, I like Tony. I like Darisol. I think both are solid picks uh, from what I've seen. I went and did a little, you know, I was off today. So I did a little fi- film look at both of those guys. But, um, so I wouldn't be I would be fine with either one of those because you're getting a, you're getting a solid left tackle or you're getting a wide receiver who can play the slot or the outside. Um, he doesn't. One thing with Tony is he doesn't give us that big red zone threat that this team has not had in forever. But we Logan Thomas that he can make some of those athletic plays in the red zone, and you know Cam Sims can be brought in for those situations, and and you know. But I think Tony will can take the place of uh, of a uh, um, of somebody like Steven Sims. I don't know if he can return punts. That would be nice to find out. No, I agree, man. So it's it's funny when when you look at Tony though. I I like that he was he was at least named the top wide receiver. You know from from the uh, secondary group for the senior bowl. So at least among his peers, he's highly rated. I wouldn't have a problem drafting him at 19. And then I kind of uh, a grenade before I do just run away from this topic and, and move on. If we were to get Tony, Kyle Trask, his quarterback in college, 
would he be a late round consideration if we don't go free agent quarterback? And I ask this because he was he played well the entire year with the exception for that that Cotton Bowl game versus Oklahoma. I mean, he balled out in the SEC title game, uh, 26 for 40, 408 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions versus Bama, who won the national title. And then he absolutely died in the Cotton Bowl versus Oklahoma. 16 for 20, 158 yards and three interceptions. So that may work in our favor if we were to draft Kadarius Toney. Um, go back a couple couple rounds later, round four, round five. If Kyle Trask is available, you draft him, you stash him, you develop him. Because I don't think he would start day one, but I think it would be something interesting to look forward to. Uh, but before we move on to the next topic, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let us pause for a brief moment for our ad from Anchor. Hey, Alex, we'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsor. All right, welcome back to the pod. So uh, looking at enemy intel uh, for today. So the, the, the huge topic ac- across the NFL land is uh, Carson Wentz was traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, prior to that trade, the Eagles were an absolute cap hell uh 31st in the league 47 million dollars over and i do believe that they take a significant hit even with the trade uh for when's salary million. with 33, 33 million, million hit wow so yeah it's they're they're they're, they're still in hell like it, it still sucks for philly um great for us though uh, the cowboys were 12th in the league right now they have 19 million open and they we all know that they're looking for a quarterback the Giants are 20th with $906,000 of cap space. Uh, the Washington football team, we are fifth best in the NFL with $38 million open. Now, we just talked about needing Brandon Sheriff and quarterback and all this other stuff. Um, but with that said, <laughs> yeah, Phil's, Phil's making it rain on the camera right now. But who's your free agent splash? If we're going to spend that $38 million, is a quarterback, is a wide receiver, is it offensive lineman? Um Phil, I'll kick it off to you first. If you're going to make a free agent acquisition with 38 million available cap space, not and, and we're assuming that we're not signing internally. So, if we go external to the Washington football team, who are you making the splash with? I think Phil may be looking oh, up. Goodness. Who's he making the splash um, with? Who's it going to be? Offense or defense? Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. I'm he a would, Penn State fan. Allen Robinson. <laughs> Hey, he'd, he'd be a significant upgrade, and it's no no offense to Kelvin Harmon or, or Cam Sims or Steven Sims. Um, the number two wide receiver for us last year was was Cam Sims with like 448 yards or some, something silly like that. Um, you, you need better production from number two. Um, you, you need to truly have a significant threat opposite of Terry McLaurin, who, thank God, that kid went over 1,000 yards and he was the only legitimate, like, outside threat um, that we had. Um, Logan Thomas obviously stepped it up at the tight end position as the year went on. But, hey, I would not have a problem with Allen Robinson. That, that is a splash that I think we think would this all way. love. Think of it this way. Can you imagine if we got Darius Tony and Allen Robinson on the same roster with Terry McLaurin? And Antonio Gibson in the backfield and Logan Thomas and getting Gibson better at the, the tight end position? Yeah, it's – yes. It, it, it'd be great. Suddenly, suddenly, you just need a, you you just need a starting quarterback, <laughs> a solid start. You don't 
Uh, you don't need Deshaun Watson to go far because you've got weapons. You need Trent yeah, Dilfer. So you see, you know, then suddenly, you know, yeah. and look, with the Panthers, look at it this way, all right? The two of the guys I've wanted to get on this roster um, are looking very available at quarterback because, well, with the Colts signing Phillip Rivers, I don't think they're going to be bringing Jacoby Brissett back. And with the Panthers looking to get Sean Watson, they're the leaders in that sweepstakes. Colts Teddy man. Bridgewater becomes available. And I don't think you're going to need to give up too much to get a Teddy Bridgewater. And those are guys who you give them weapons like we've named. They can make, they can produce. And that offense can go because both of the guys I named do the things that Scott Turner wants to do. You saw it with Taylor Heineke. They need guys who are accurate, who can get accurate downfield, are willing to push the ball downfield, and are mobile to move around the pocket. All right. Both of those guys can do that. And, you know, hey, take it a step further. If Drew Brees decides he wants to come back, Jameis Winston's going to want out of New Orleans. He's yeah. pretty much he's pretty much put that out there without fully saying it, but it, they treated him weird anyway. I, 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 if I was Jameis Winston, I'd have no allegiance. Kind of known. So, getting, yeah. I mean, and look at it this way: it's cart before the horse. You know, do you get the quarterback or do you get the weapons? Well, if you get the weapons, your options at quarterback to be successful suddenly open up to a broader range because now you, you need somebody who fits the offense and is a solid starter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, De- Dev is Allen inboxing Robinson, me. That's what I want. Dev, Dev is inboxing me. My my inbox is blowing up. I know he wants to really get Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Dev, no, um... <laughs> no, I do not want to get Ryan. Fitzpatrick. So who who's your splash if it's not Ryan Fitzmagic? I'm with you guys on Allen Robinson. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll take Juju if he's cheaper. Ooh, but, okay, uh, but uh, I mean, well, I hate to hate to say this again. Uh, if we if we draft a wide receiver in the draft, which we very well could and really almost should do, um. I want Levante David, man. He's only making ten million dollars. He's looking for a pay update. Give him thirteen, fourteen. I'll take him. Especially if we cut ties with um, QB one right now. Yeah, it's it's crazy though. When you so when you talk about David, one thing you have to consider his his ten million might be a paltry salary in Tampa Bay. If he leaves Florida, where there's no state income tax, he probably need to make about seventeen or eighteen million to match that. The pay, it's so I don't know, I don't, but I don't know. I don't know if he gets that, and, and I don't think he will, willing, and and is willing to sacrifice being on at least a uh, a strong defense. I think if he gets over fourteen million, he's going to a crap team that really needs him. If he goes yeah. to Washington, he's a part of the puzzle, you know. And 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 I think that you might be able to get him for twelve. Uh, you might be able to get him. Yeah, it, it kind of, for me, it kind of buys into what Steve said earlier, though, um, the 70-30 split, whether offense and defense. And I don't, know, I don't know the actual, you know, salary distribution with the Washington football team, but um, I don't know if I want to make that splash on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but it, it, it may happen. I think he's a great player. He would definitely uh, shore up that position for, you know, another two or three seasons and, and, and be a, a great gap filler for us. Um, kind of like a London Fletcher was, and it, it sucks that we weren't really successful as an organization when London was on the team, but I, I, I loved him. I, I loved him. He was right. probably one of the last few remaining players at the time that was older than me. You know, I'm 39 right now. And uh, it, it kind of, you can look, I could look at London and say, okay, like he's older than me. He's kind of the older brother. Like I, I kind of love and respect him. 
now I look at these dudes and I call them kids because I'm older than most of the league other than Tom Brady. Let's face it, uh, Fletcher balled. He did. He was Fletcher a stud, man. Fletcher, Fletcher was a Hall of Fame, statistically a Hall of Fame class it's guy. weird because he, he won the Super Bowl at the Rams, too. He, I think he'll get in yeah. eventually. Um, it, it, people always share those those um, the numbers with him and Ray Lewis, and they look the same on paper. Ray, now, London was an Iron Man. He didn't miss games. Ray missed some seasons, and their numbers yeah. were close. Um, but Ray Lewis was an was an absolute stud. Like I, I think him being a Hall there of are Fame worse player, linebackers in the Hall of Fame than uh Ben Fletcher. Yeah, th- there are, and it's 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 different though because you look at the errors and the way and you know the errors in which folks played. They're judged differently. It's right, wrong, and indifferent, but it is what it is. Um, but Steve, what what are you doing with your free agent splash, man? All right, so my Damn. scenario, my scenario, yeah, right. So my <laughs> scenario revolves around Alex getting cut post June 1st. Cause you know, they can sign people for whatever they want. As long as they're down to below the salary cap for the top 51 by the start of the year, they're, they're under the cap, right? That, that, that's the, that's the rule. So my dream scenario involves three players or three positions. So you have to resign Brandon Sheriff, right? You do that. And I'm, when I say you cut Alex, you're getting your, now you're looking at around 50 million total. All right, so you got Brandon Sheriff. You sign Patrick Peterson for about 14 15 and then you sign Allen Robinson. Or if you can't get Allen Robinson, you sign Juju. If you can't get Juju, you sign Will Fuller. So you re-sign Sheriff, you get Patrick Peterson, and then you get Allen Robinson. And then you don't have to worry about getting a quarterback. You get your quarterback of the future from the draft if you like who you, if you, like, who you like at whatever round. And you shore up a big piece of the lineman, you get a top wide receiver, and then you get someone to sit across from from Kendall Fuller, and then you're just shoring up the defense even more. So, so you let that's Darby my go. Dream. That's my dream scenario. So you let Darby go. For I mean, Peterson. if you if you can get Darby for, I, I'm just worried that Darby's going to ask a lot more than what he's worth. Just because I, I get it, you want to get what you're worth, but he wants to come can, back it, though, right? If you can keep you think Darby Peterson's going to be less than Darby. No, I think I think I think Darby will be cheaper than Peterson, but Peterson's will, still a better talent. I think will, though. will Darby exceed what he wants for himself is the, is the question. I think yeah. option number one is Darby because we, it works right with Darby. It works. So Darby's number one. And this is assuming he's not going. This is just assuming he's going to leave, right? So if you can keep Darby, then you don't have to get Peterson. That's fourteen, fifteen dollars, fifteen million more you can do with. You know, take your pick. Even better if Darby stays. <laughs> you can go get you a left tackle. Russell I, I think Darby, or Trent I think Williams. Darby, I think Darby stays, man. Yeah. And now you can get a left tackle then. You don't have to worry about left tackle in the draft either. So that's my that's my dream scenario. Yeah. No, you know, I, also also ha- um what's what's his name's coming back? Uh receiver for us. Who? Kevin Harmon? Harmon. Kevin Harmon. He played a lot of slot, by the way. When he was yeah, here, he played he, a lot of slot. He's making good progress too. I, hopefully, he comes back. It's, it's the way this sports medicine is, is today. Like these dudes get hurt and they come back better. Um, he's Next making really, Robert. really good progress. <laughs> come on, man! Like you're messing up my 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 statement. Robert sucks. I don't want to talk about Robert Harmon. Hopefully, he comes back very strong. I, I don't know. It's it, it's it's weird. I mean, we're seven and nine. We're previous division champs. Horrible division, um, but folks got a taste of success 
you see on Twitter quite often, you see on the, the Redskins Addicts Facebook group, people say, like, we play the Tampa Bay Bucks better than anyone else. I don't buy that, but maybe the locker room does. Maybe those players look at who won the Super Bowl and say, you know what, we played them until the fourth quarter, to the closing minutes with a fourth-string quarterback who was studying extreme calculus three weeks ago. Derivatives um, and so forth. <laughs> yeah, so it's it, it's – it's it we're seven and nine. Um, I'm not happy with that. I don't think any of us are happy with that type of record, but they were division champs. Um, they played a playoff game at home. They lost to the eventual Super Bowl champs. Um, the fan base says, Hey, we we played the Bucks pretty well. Like I think we're are closer than we have been in a long while. I mean, whether the the, the locker room believes that, I don't know. Um, Chase Young, Defensive Player of the Year or Defensive Rookie of the Year, um, he loves Taylor Heineke. I'm not a huge fan of him, but you know we'll we'll see what what he does. But go ahead, Phil. Well, I was going to say that I think that who we were in the second half of the season is a little more indicative of the team we can be. Um, mainly because you know that report came out, or, or there was uh, some stuff that came out about the defense kind of buying in some of the coaches and so forth and not necessarily doing so early on. We heard yeah. about that. So I think that them buying into you know a more hard-nosed approach and they saw the dividends of that, that just means this defense is going to come back next year unified, ready to roll. And I, you know, I think that what, what we saw in the second half of the season is going to be a little more indicative of the type of defense we should see, which is players away from being elite, but – I think that we are close on the defensive side. We just get an offense that functions. And that's why free agency, I, you know, look, Levante David's great, but we need the help on the offensive side or else we're going to waste this defense. And we don't want to do that. No, that definitely don't. Definitely don't. <sighs> Fellas, it's, it's always a pleasure to, to, to jump on the pod and, and talk Washington football with you. Uh, shout outs, I guess. So we're kind of winding this up. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off first. Uh, my two shout outs for this evening. Um, dude, follow me on, on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Not me. It's I represent us when I tweet. Um, but it's it's Juju Skins. Um, funny as shit, man. He, the dude cracks me up. It is, his bio is like seven and nine in the worst division ever is unacceptable. I don't care what y'all say. Um, he's always coming out with something controversial. Um, he keeps me laughing, keeps me smiling. I appreciate him and everything uh, that, that he does at the back and forth with me. And then another shout out to Christopher McDaniel, uh, hashtag at WFT, Chris McD on Twitter. Um, he's in the Facebook group with us, of, of course. Um, but, but Chris is a, is a fan of the pod. Uh, he's a, a fan of the group. He's been on the pregame show with us. So, uh, shout out to Chris, man. We, we appreciate your, your, your love and support of the pod and the group and what we're trying to do, uh, with the Redskins addicts. So, uh, uh, Dev, who are your shout outs other than Ellie, of course? Uh, yeah, shout out to Ellie. My, that's my guy right there, man. Detroit's finest. Um, I'll give a shout out to Street Scores Rico man on Twitter. Yeah, he's he's the collab he's is coming, hell, man. He's a cool. The collab he's is a coming. Cool follow on Twitter if you haven't heard from him, man. Uh, I think he just goes by Street Scores Rico on Twitter or Street Scores Rico. Um, 
Uh, his his YouTube channel was dope too, man. His his videos and everything, his his mashups are on point, man. So yeah, shout out to him for sure. That that's dope. He's 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 a he's a funny dude. But um, I'm trying my shouts and shout out to the all the people commenting in the group and uh, making contributions, man. And shout out to Phil, man, because uh, the human Google machine. He, he I try to shave my head like Phil, man, but. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, bro. I'm trying, I'm trying to keep my hair. I, kn- I know Steve's head is cold because he's wearing the, the, the Washington beanie in his house right now. But bro, I, I have with my son. I have a skin yarmulke and it sucks. And I was thinking about Steve and Phil as I was putting Rogaine in my head earlier today, trying to go. save what I have. I can't let do it, it go, bro. Let I it can't go. Do it. Hey, my wife will come. The Lord will come for sooner or later, bro. I I used to Rogaine. Oh. PAC oil in my head and everything, man. That's woke up. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm about to I sign for Keeps. Go. Keeps, can you sponsor the Redskins Axe if you help me grow hair again? I don't want to go man. bald at 39. It sucks. Jesus, Cold. Jesus Christ <laughs> said, Jesus Christ said, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the only person that can save you, man. Yeah, I know. Phil, who Phil, who, who's getting your shout outs, man? <laughs> uh, shout out to keeps um we want some of that uh-huh. sweet podcast ad revenue since you, you're, you're giving it out to everybody oh, if, yeah if um, keeps can get my hairline back man we definitely put, put keeps the commercials on the pod we can change the name to the keeps addicts <laughs> you can save our hairlines um shout out shout out to harry's razors for keep my head nice and smooth <laughs> both um, sides of the coin both sides of the coin I look like i shaved mine with a rock <laughs> <laughs> I be seeing, I be seeing um, those commercials about the third world countries and stuff. And I'm like, man, how the hell are their hair so uh, so shaped so clean, man? They ain't got no expensive razors or nothing, man. They using rocks. They probably straight razor in that, like I used to do before the pandemic, and I decided to start shaving my own head. Um, uh, shout out in the group. Shout out to Patrick Asis for coming up with the most ridiculous statements in the history of mankind. Um, you know, Patrick said that Heineke equals elite, and when everybody laughed at him, he said it's no laughing matter. Um, he's also the guy who said we should sign Kerrigan and trade him for JJ Watt before Watt was released because you know the Texans would just do that. Um, what's right about that part of this? Yeah, well, they did release him. I had to mute and, my uh, mic. I love it. <laughs> they did release him. Kerrigan's not under contract. Well, that's what he that's said. The that's funny shit. Everybody brought that sign up. Sign trade. Everyone trade. brought that up to me. He said sign, sign and trade. trade. Like, and we're like, dude, really? Basketball. That sign the NBA don't man. happen, man. Yeah, like, come on, dude. Um, shout out to Andre Shorter, um, the man who permanently finds himself. In uh, Facebook jail for one reason or another, but he's been free for a minute, so hopefully he stays that way. Rod cellmate, it's Rod cellmate. I happen to know about that. <laughs> I'm back today, baby. Let's go. I'm back. Shout I'm out free. to shout out to Aaron's uh, or, uh yeah, sh- shout out to uh, Andre's uh, cellmate Yendor Samat. Uh, I don't want to sound racist. I don't want to sound racist, uh, Rod, but. You gonna go back one day. Don't worry about it. I ain't. I ain't. I'm good, baby. I'm good. No, we will rehabilitate him. He will be. He will be a better man. I'm good. No more controversial comment comments from uh, Rodney Thomas. He'll be back. 
I'm good. Nah. And shout <laughs> out, up. shout out to the tons of new members to the group we've received in the past few weeks. Um, yes, Daddy. I think we've. I think this has just been the highest volume we've seen of new members just applying to be part of the group. Yes, Daddy. No, <laughs> hell yes, Daddy. Yes. So inside joke, listeners. Um, I had changed the membership question to multiple choice answers to yes, Daddy, and hell yes, Daddy. And the other admins were confused, like, why is everyone responding like, yes, daddy, or hell, yes, daddy? And I didn't have the heart to keep the joke going, so I told them immediately. But, uh, yeah, if you join. I thought they were all Vito's people. (laughs) I just didn't. I just didn't notice it. I didn't notice it at all. I was just approving motherfuckers. Oh, that's. Oh, God. You're letting terrorists in the group, man. You have to screen them. (laughs) I look to see they got friends and stuff. Steve, who's getting your shout-outs before we close out the pod? All right. I'm giving two away today. One is to Emmanuel Chakuba, a.k.a. Manny. Uh, hit him up. Talking sports with Manny on YouTube. Love the dude. And then Mike Piott and Eddie Pickering. We're going to do a collab soon, the, the Eddie and Mike Eddie and Mike show pod. So we'll, we'll be getting together to do a collab with those guys, too. Great, great contributors to the group. So hopefully yeah, we look forward to doing a, a pod collab with you guys. I wanted to yeah, shout out Emmanuel also, but I didn't know how to say his last name. Chalupa. For years. I was like, Emmanuel Chalupa. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, if you are a black man, you need to learn how to pronounce black names. Well, I got the blackest <laughs> name of them all next to Draymond Green. That's as this black is, you can get. This is but true. Other than him, yeah, you, you do I have, have the blackest name out of everyone. I don't know L.E. <laughs> so that's, for, that's the next addicts contest. Who has the blackest name in the group? Uh, I'm a LA, black dude. I, if everyone doesn't know, so just before you try to claim racism on me or some shit, I'm, I vote, I'm yellow I as hell. Me. I'm black. I vote me or Le. I don't know what Le stands for. I'm a Lamarcus. <laughs> Lamarcus. Well, hold up. Well, hold up now. <laughs> yeah, I realize Dev's Dev's been a part of the group. Dev's been a part of the group for years. He's been an admin for what two, three years now. We just found out a few months ago to call him Dev and not Sean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the longest True. time we could call him Sean, and one day he's like, just call me Dev. And we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got one of those names where if somebody calls me for an interview, they already know I'm black before they before I pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. Cool me. I like it. But, the funniest you know. shit, though, like, so my kids, my, my wife and I, we made sure that, like, we wanted, like, racially ambiguous names so like olivia rodney jr and then malcolm now malcolm is my father's middle name um but it's synonymous with obviously one of the most famous malcolms malcolm x malcolm is light as hell hey malcolm my son is malcolm x but he is he is yellower than all hell um he he cracks me up he but he is the militant one in this household for sure so we named him right um but y'all, it's it's been good, man. It's uh, I'm happy to be back. I was honestly, obviously, on the road um, the past couple of weeks with uh, with work, and then I was tired as hell. I was working the overnight shift, and I fell asleep on Pod Fifty Two. So I apologize for that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, another one in the books, man. So we were stood up. Name? This pod's name is uh, Addicts in Mars. <laughs> Addicts and Mars. And we were stood up for Pod 53. Uh, we won't even say that dude's name, but fuck him. Yeah. We know who you are. True fuck story. you. 
Twice. Twice you've, you've uh, <laughs> yeah. Play some, play some hit them up. Play some hit them up. Yeah. So, uh, we'll close out the pod, but uh, y'all be good, man. I appreciate you. Peace. Peace. Peace.